This is Word to the Wise. I'm Shelley Best, the pastor of Redeemer's Church in Plainville, Connecticut. This is my unorthodox preaching and teaching podcast for spiritual seekers and outside-the-box changemakers. Each episode will be a Bible study or preaching moment with you in mind as we explore faith in the context of modern times. I'm glad you found us. What if you actually believed something better could come your way? How willing are you to walk by faith and not by sight, believing that there is a new possibility for your life? That's what today's message is all about. I hope it helps. Remember, if you like what you hear, be sure to review our podcast and share it. We want our soul posse to Amen. Every praise is to our God. Amen. Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Dear God, we thank you for this moment of grace as we seek your word and your way. Help us, O oh God, overcome our fears as we surrender to your spirit and purpose for our lives. Allow us, O oh God, to move from being observers to actors in the story of our life. And we will be so glad to give you all the honor all the glory and all the praise. Let the words of this mouth and the meditations of this heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, let the people of God say amen and amen. We praise God for your holy presence in this place this morning. Our scripture lesson this day comes from 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 3 through 8. 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 3 through 8. And I'll be reading from the New International Version of the scripture. And it reads... Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say we'll go into the city, the famine is there and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we will live and if they kill us, then we die. At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army, so that they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp, entered one of the tents and ate and drank. 
Then they took the silver, gold, and clothes and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them also. This is the word of the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. With this in mind, the title of the message this day, as we continue our series of stepping into the supernatural, is simply this, pursuing possibility. Pursuing possibility. We are continuing our series on stepping into the supernatural. And we've, holy, we've studied the Holy Spirit and its working, and we all know what it is to see the Holy Spirit at its work. And during the course of last year, we studied equipping the saints for ministry, and we each are aware of this idea of having a call on our lives and the fact that we have a purpose in life and in our ministry. So God sent me by here because it's one thing to know about these things of faith, But it's another thing to operate by faith and step into the supernatural. There are many lessons to be learned from living this life of faith. And one of those key lessons is how to handle what appears to be a no-win situation. What do you do when you feel that you're in a no-win situation in your life? What do you do when you're confronted with a situation that no matter which way you turn, it does not appear to have a happy ending? What do you do when you find yourself stuck, unable to go to the left and unable to go to the right, so you just kind of hunker down? Maybe you take a big girl pill and you hunker down for a less than desirable outcome. If you're in a no-win situation, sometimes you just say, this is it. I'm going to take this undesirable reality as my fate. So what do you do when you're in a less than desirable situation? The reality is we've got to pray always and not give up and don't give in and pursue possibility for your life. In our text, we have the people of Samaria in a tough spot. The king Ben-Hadid of what is now Syria decided to take on the people of Samaria by surrounding the walls of the city causing a famine to hit the land. You see, at that time, it was common for people to create cities that were surrounded by high walls around them and controlled gates. Now, on one hand, you think that you're absolutely safe because you're in a walled city. But on the other hand, if someone has strong enough forces outside your doors, You are stuck inside your walled city and the place where you thought you're going to be safe suddenly becomes your own prison. It becomes the prison of your own making. So that was the situation of the Samaritans. That's where the enemy used their walls against them. So King Ben-Hadid wouldn't allow any food to go into the place or come out. In their walled city, they were surrounded so no supplies could come in 
and no one could go out to get any supplies. The people living behind those walls were forced to use everything they had inside that city. They got so low, as we can see in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 28 through 30, that they ended up eating the heads of their donkeys. They ended up eating the dung of doves. And it went so far that one woman was convinced to cook her son for dinner in expectation that the woman she shared the meal with would do the son with her son, but the other woman had conned her and ended up not killing her son. Yes, folks had reached the place of cannibalism. That's how bad it was inside that city. So the reason for that famine was so that the Syrians could starve out and weaken the inhabitants of the city, leaving them defenseless when their army came in to take over the city. So imagine being in that kind of no-win situation. You're surrounded by forces outside of your control and you cannot get any help. The entire city was in a bad situation. And there we have, in the text, four men that were living just outside the city gate, and they had been diagnosed with leprosy. Not only were they in a bad situation inside the walls, but here are people that have been put outside the city gate, and they've got the diagnosis called leprosy. Now in the Bible, leprosy shows up 68 times, 55 times in the Old Testament, and 13 times in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, the examples and instances of leprosy most likely meant a variety of infectious diseases and even mold and mildew on clothing and walls. Many thought that leprosy was a disease of just the skin, but in reality, it's a disease of the nervous system because the leprosy bacteria attacks the nerves. So leprosy is spread by multiple skin contacts as well as droplets from the upper respiratory tracts and it's transmitted person to person. The symptoms are lep of leprosy start in the skin and then it moves to the nervous system and then it spreads to other parts of the body such as the hands and the feet and the face and the earlobes. So patients with leprosy experience disfigurement of the skin and the bones and the twisting of limbs and the curling of fingers and the collapsing of the skin. Now, the biggest part of leprosy is it affects your nerves in such a way that you're no longer sensitive to pain. So people with leprosy end up wounding their own selves because they don't feel the pain when they touch a pot or pick up something sharp. This is the fate of this thing called leprosy. So on top of all this with the disease, if you are diagnosed with leprosy, especially in ancient times, you would be put outside the city gate. You couldn't hang with your family anymore. You couldn't be with the people of your community. People were afraid of you and they put you outside the gates. So when we think about these four gentlemen living with this state called leprosy, they were looking at their fate and they knew they could not easily go back inside the city walls and they knew that if they stayed right where they were, their fate was not 
very good. Have you ever been in a situation that appeared to be a no-win situation? This was the state of the gentleman with leprosy. So when we think about these situations, the men had to take a look at how they were living. They knew that where they were at this moment, if we stay right where we are, we're going to die. If we go inside behind the walls of the city and people see us there, we're going to die. Now, if we go and surrender ourselves to the enemy camp, either they'll capture us and maybe they'll feed us or they'll kill us and we die. They saw themselves in a no-win situation. They were embroiled in the struggle of exclusion. They were given a life sentence that said, this is your life. You are stuck with things the way you are. Either you suck it up and you settle in or you try to find something else, but it looks like things are not going to get better. So this message that I have for you today is for those of us who find themselves settled in on some of our problems. We think this is it. We think that the die has been cast and this is going to be our fate. But you know what? That is not the case as long as God is in it because as long as God is in it, it's not over. As we're told in Ephesians chapter 3, Verses 20 through 21, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than you ever asked for or imagined. According to his power that is at work within us, God is able. So God sent me by here today to let somebody know that it's your time to stop accepting less as your fate. God is able to turn things around for you because it's time for you to win. Who wants to win right now in your life? It's time for you to win. And so it's time for us to not accept our fate as what it might appear to be. It's time for us to win as we pursue possibility in our lives. And so you need to remember the word win. Win. Say to a neighbor, it's time for you to win. It's time for you to win. And so remember the word win. The W stands for waking up to a new reality. Waking up to a new reality. In our text, we have four men who have been put outside the city gate with the death sentence of leprosy. Now, we don't know how long they've been there, but we can imagine that they had been in this spot until they ran out of provisions to hold them over and they were facing starvation. But something must have happened where they realized that death was staring them in the face. What was the precipitating factor? We do not know, but what we do know is it occurred to them with clarity that their back was against the wall and either they were going to lie down and die and accept it or they were going to try to do something else. Is it time to win? Maybe you wake up to a new reality. Have you ever discovered yourself in a situation where your back is against the wall? Either you're gonna be taken out 
or you're going to have to try to make it. Sometimes we've got to thank God for putting our back against the wall because back against the wall moments is when we decide it's time to change. Many of us don't change until our back is against the wall. You know, you can have the possibility of layoffs. Yeah, you hear it. Oh, there might be layoffs. There might be layoffs. Folks might get laid off. And, you know, you hear it, and you kind of think, you know, I should start kind of making a plan. You know, I've been hearing that there's going to be layoffs. I should kind of think about making a plan. But we kind of think we have more time. Well, I don't really need to make a plan now. I heard that there, there might be layoffs, but I'm not laid off yet. And then you get the pink slip and you're laid off. Suddenly it's a back against the wall moment. Or perhaps you have health concerns and then you take the test and then you get the diagnosis and oh, now I got to change what I'm eating and how I'm acting because now I've been diagnosed. My back is against the wall. Or maybe you're struggling in a relationship. Oh, our marriage is struggling. We're going through hard times. We could go through therapy. But then once the divorce papers come, everybody want to go to therapy then because their back (laughs) is against the wall. You know, you see the problem coming, but you're not really ready to deal with it. Sometimes we don't move. Sometimes we don't do our own preemptive strike. We see it coming and we wait until our back is against the wall when the die is cast. And when that moment comes, you need to make a serious choice. Either accept your fate or make a move or wake up to a new reality. Look at the text. Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate, and they said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say we'll go to the city, the famine's there, and we will die, and if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live, and if they kill us, we die. Maybe we need to wake up to the possibility. Kids these days, they talk about being woke. Kids talk about being woke. Your back does not have to be completely against the wall to allow yourself to be woke. You see it coming. You feel it coming. It's time to wake up to a new reality. The time is now. Wake up to a new Reality. Think about it. The Holocaust did not just happen. There were signs ahead of time. Some people saw it coming and made a move and got out of Germany or went into hiding. And others saw it coming and couldn't make themselves wake up and get out of the way. Here in America, we see what is coming. There are signs of unrest. So how do we, as a people, wake up and prepare ourselves and our families for the cultural shift? We see the cruelty being intentionally produced with politics of the current White House administration. It is not an accident. When Mexican children were taken away from their parents, it was intentional cruelty. There was never a plan to reunite the children with their parents. It was intentional attacks on families 
coming out of Mexico. And don't believe what you're hearing in the news that people are not leaving Mexico just for a vacation. There's harm happening in that nation. People are coming here as a place of respite and they're experiencing torture by our government instead. It's time for us to wake up. This week, the president of the United States called two highly successful men of color, LeBron James and Don Lemon, stupid. Clearly, the leader of this nation does not respect people of color, and it is no accident. It's time for us to wake up. I've had people say, oh, do you think that it's white supremacy or do you think that it's racism? Oh, it can't be. We're just misunderstanding. Well, if you have to question what it is, you don't want to know the truth. It's time to wake up. In the midst of this cruelty towards people of color, the president used black clergy for a photo opportunity where he brought selected faith leaders in a room to supposedly represent the entire African-American community. And none of this was really the reality. And he didn't allow them to truly talk. It's time for us to wake up. Yes, if we're going to win the ultimate reward and pursue possibility, we must wake up to a new reality in our nation. We've got to wake up to a new reality. Number two, the I. In order to win, we've got to inspire possibility. Inspire possibility. I'm sure in the conversation of the four lepers, some of them felt like, well, our fate is sealed. There it is. This is all there's going to be. And they were convinced like many of us when it comes to some of our situations. Well, I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm not trained. I'm too sick. And if you believe that, you will live into that. Sometimes we've got to wake up and see and be inspired by a new possibility. That is why faith is so important. Yes. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, we are told that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is what gives you the ability to hope. And a little bit of faith can go a long way. In Matthew 17 and 20, we're told that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains in your life. So how do you get faith? In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, we are told that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So faith can change your mind. And if you change your mind, you can change your life. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, we're told not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So the W is to wake up to a new reality, and the I is to inspire possibility. Somebody here needs to change your mind about your life. Change your mind about your life. Change your mind 
about your situation, change your mind about your status, change your mind about your future because it's not over. Your life is not over. This is not all there is. You are not actually stuck because we each are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. We each are so much more. So God sent you by here that you might have inspired thought about pursuing your possibility in your life today. Now, what is this thing called possibility? Possibility is a thing that may happen or be the case, a state or fact of being likely or possible, a thing that may be chosen or done out of several possible alternatives. If you change your thinking from impossible to I am possible, from impossible, I am P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E, to I'm, I apostrophe M, I'm possible, from impossible to I'm possible, I could be more, I could be better, I could move an inch. Oh, and if you wake up to a new reality that I'm possible, you just might move your life in a new direction. If you believe I'm possible, you might start moving a new kind of way and you might begin to see the change that you've been hoping for because all things are possible when you believe. And once again, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we ever asked for or imagined. Yes, we must W, wake up to a new reality. And I inspire possibility in our lives from impossible to impossible. And finally, to win, N, you must remember that no one has the power to block your blessings but you. No one has the power to block your blessings but you. Think about your life. How many times have you blocked a blessing trying to come your way? Because you wouldn't even receive that blessing for yourself. And that blessing comes from Jesus Christ. We know how to receive it from Jesus. But do we block our own blessings? No one else has the power to block your blessings from God. God's able to get through everybody and anybody that's trying to block you. God is in control. Isn't it time you decided to win in your life and pursue your own possibility? As long as you are still alive, God has a plan for your life. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, it says so. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God is calling you to your blessings, to a new life, to new dreams, to new hopes. And God wants you to walk by faith and not by sight. God wants you to take your faith, even a little bit of faith, to come out of your comfort zone and walk on water for yourself. God wants you to pursue your possibility. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen.
for tuning in to Word to the Wise, my preaching and teaching podcast. This podcast is a production of the 224 Ecospace, a place where change makers work, create, and lead. Our engineer and sound designer is Dan Warren. I hope you will share this podcast with your friends and please review us so others can find us. Also look for me on Facebook at Reverend Dr. Shelley Best or Word to the Wise. Thanks for listening.